With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Welcome, everyone, to the Tennis.com podcast, the U.S. Open Preview Edition. You may have heard the men's with Albert Chen, and uh, right now we have the women's. Myself, Ed McGrogan, and Nina Pantic, uh, esteemed colleague of mine on the various tennis outlets. Nina, hello. Hi, Ed. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, what's been going on at the Open, actually, before we get started, because you've been out there a couple days, the first two days of qualifying, there was a, the draw ceremony today, obviously, any, any matches of interest or sites of interest that, uh, have you seen the first couple days? I mean, so far on the women's side, um, the qualifying has been pretty interesting. Uh, we've got a bunch of, you know, feel good stories. Vicky Duvall won our first match, Melanie Udan is back, and she's actually in the final round of qualifying playing a fellow American who's kind of coming back from injury. Um, Cece Bellis, of course, all eyes on her all the time is through the final round of qualifying. So it's been it's been a lot of fun to be out there, and there's just a lot going on already. Yeah, the main uh, thing, obviously, of course, today with the with the draw, with the draw, there's really, if you actually watched the draw, there really isn't that much that actually is determined at the actual uh, the actual ceremony itself. Most of the seed, the high seeds, you know where they're going to land. The not the unseeded players have already been dispersed uh, earlier that morning, and it's basically just to see where the rest of the seeds land. And you know, for Serena Williams, who is obviously the story of this tournament, you know what ended up happening in her in her way is I think she got perhaps the most American quarter that I can remember. I think there's nine out of the 32 see nine out of the 32 players in her quarter are, are Americans. Pretty much anyone you could name has ended up in that quarter. There's Serena, there's Sloan, there's Coco, there's Madison Keys, there's Arena Falcone, there is um, Samantha Crawford, Madison Brengel, Bethany Maddox-Sands. It, it does kind of go on and on. Um, Basically, and I think the takeaway from today was that Serena did overall get a fairly tricky draw with where she was placed. I mean, I mean, do you see it that way, or does it, you know, does it really not matter with her at this point, or do you kind of expect those three set tightrope matches that she's been able to win all year? I mean, I think for Serena, it's not going to matter who she plays. Um, I think even her playing another American is probably maybe more in her favor because. She's obviously the favorite, and the American women are all looking up to her, and and she's been upset this year maybe only twice, I think, from what I understand, and I don't think that anyone's going to challenge her at all um, until probably the quarterfinals um, where she could face Benchage. So I think that having all the Americans is a bit of a downfall just because that means, you know, less Americans going really far. Um, but 
but I'm not I'm not worried about Serena. Yeah, there's certainly a bit of attrition that we're going to see on the U.S. side. I mean, the tournament itself is obviously going to, you know, perhaps they're going to get a lot of matches. I think that are that are just tailor made for for Ash. Not that she wasn't going to be playing on that stadium, you know, throughout the, regardless, but there are going to be what seems to be a series of Serena versus countrywoman matches that you know are going to just build this path that a lot of us i mean you i mean yourself me steve all agree that you know serena's greatest challenge is obviously is herself and you know we even see during tournaments that aren't at the majors this year that serena has still been she still fights herself really in in every match almost it seems to be and matches that aren't just finals it's been it's been one of the most impressive years but you know years were matches where you think in so many different instances she could have lost um you know of the of the players that that we've that are in that quarter of the draw i mean if we discount serena just for this this discussion i mean who do you like in a way to you know make a fairly a fairly decent run at this tournament in her quarter or in the in, whole? In her quarter, let's say. Let's um, start there. I think I think Keys is gonna get get pretty far. I think she's looking pretty good. She just lost to Kudova, but it was in three sets, and I think she does really want Grand Slams. Um, her Australian Open run, obviously, like hard court suit her game. Um, I'd go with her. Um, I know Coco is playing Sloane Stevens in the first round, which would be very interesting. But if I had to pick an American to go deep, it would, it would definitely be Keys. Yeah, and and you mentioned Benchich earlier there. That's you know another Benchich in that seated twelfth, Rodwanska seated fifteenth, Venus seated twenty third. It's it is a lot of names, but I but I certainly agree that the drama is really about um, you know all the storylines will be filtering toward towards Serena, rightfully so, with with what is on the line and what is at stake here. Um, you know, perhaps where Perhaps where we we take things from there, in a sense, is is the opposing quarter, um, which you know, if you look at name recognition alone, looks impressive. But I have to say that I think I feel like if Serena escapes her quarter without you know slipping up, of course, uh, it it's hard to see a num- It's hard to see a challenger in the semifinal round that could. You know that that realistically has a shot taker out. You're seeing in this second quarter we have some of the, you know, most kind of cover your eyes stories of this year in in Bouchard and Carlos Suarez Navarro, who who lately has just really kind of taken a you know a downturn. You know Ivanovic plays Sabokova in the first round. Either player obviously um, has a chance to kind of really end someone's tournament much earlier than they thought. And we haven't seen Maria Sharapova since Wimbledon at all. Um, you know, the second quarter, what kind of sticks out at you? Maybe some names and some matches. Yeah, I mean, Sharapova is playing Daria Gavrilova, who's knocked her out before. And I think, you know, Sharapova is obviously a legendary player, but coming in rusty is going to do her zero favors. So if anyone, I think someone like Elena um, Svitolina could, could make a run here because she's been playing well, she's young. I think that um, her draw is going to be pretty decent for her. Um, and then, obviously, Suarez Navarro and Bouchard are, are two kind of 
rough, rough seasons this year. So I'm not even looking at them too closely. Um, and, and if I picked anyone to make the semifinals to face, I guess, Serena, it would be probably Ivanovic. You take her over uh, Sabolkova to start. I mean, she's, yeah. yeah, go yeah. ahead. I mean, yeah. I, I mostly just because, you know, Sabolka is playing well, but she's she's just back. She hasn't made any deep runs in the slams in a while, and Ivanovic has been looking pretty good, so I'm going to go with Ivanovic. Yeah, and, you know, Suarez and Varla, like you were saying, a, a nice, st- you know, very nice start to the year, and um, as you pointed out in the uh, hour picks, you know, 0 for her last six, it, it's hard to hard to remember, um, you know, kind of a... a, a really a progression going into a slam of that well, of that yeah. slide you know it's interesting because she's been very under the radar when she made top 10 and i think now that's kind of served her because no one's on her case about it while bouchard has been slammed right and left about her losing streak so i mean pros and cons to all of that yeah and the trouble with bouchard to me is that despite her being down to number 25 um, you know, the, the attention is still, it hasn't, she hasn't been kind of really bypassed over. I think the spotlight is still firmly on her, you know, even for this tournament in, in a way, uh, there was actually word that she is uh, perhaps getting coached or assisted by Jimmy Connors of all, of all people to, to, you know, to see if Jimmy can, uh, keep a hmm. coaching thing going for longer than one match this year. I did around, see him. I did see him today. So he, they were out at, uh, at Flushing Meadows. Yeah. I saw, um, I wouldn't say side by side, but in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> so now, all right. Yeah. I think the, I think they had tweets of them at the courts in Flushing Meadows of all places. But, mm-hmm. but like I said, I mean, this is a, this is really a year that Boucher would love to kind of just, forget about truthfully it it seems like it has just kept going from bad to worse and is really kind of the polar opposite of what we saw last year because because last year for Bouchard it was really you know the biggest events that she tended to play her best at and um, really nowadays this year it's been pretty much everywhere has been very forgettable I mean is there anything in Bouchard's game that has struck you as as something that's been different this year, or has it really just been a matter of being unable to kind of replicate what was maybe a career year at, at just 20? I think I think she needs to sit down and just watch her matches from last year and try and figure out what what's different because from because watching her from our perspective is not the same as what's going on in her head. Um, I think in Toronto or in Montreal, no, it was in Toronto where she played Benchich. That was a good match. She had some moments where she was playing well, and you could see the old genie. But that was a tough draw, and Benchich goes on to wins the tournament. Turns around and comes back and loses one and zero to Vinci. So it's, yeah, it's, it's it's hard to really wrap your head around what's going on here. It looks like a complete catastrophe. But I mean, I think I think her confidence is key. She takes the ball on the rise. She plays a quick game, an aggressive game. Without confidence, she's nothing. And I think right now she's realized that being hunted is not as fun as hunting. So. Yeah. And, we'll and she gets Alice and risk to start. I think that's, you know, it would not surprise at all to, you know, have possibly another first round exit because of, you know, obviously I'm curious to see what court they put that on for that reason. In fact, um, her against the American there. So, um, but you do like Ivanovic though, overall from the section I'm gathering. I do. I do. I think, I think she plays well in hard courts. I think that she's had a decent year. She's had she's shown signs of her old self, which which is positive. Um, 
I could see her at least making the quarters here, maybe even the semifinals. Yeah, but I don't see her upsetting Serena, so we'll we'll see. Yes, yeah, does have the win over Serena last year. Um, she does. Not uh, not that's any indicator, especially this year. But um, let's let's move toward the the bottom half of of the draw here. Um, you know, the third quarter. You know, someone that I pegged as you know, a, a bust candidate in our in our expert picks, which are on tennis.com, uh, is Petra Kvitova. She, like Sharapova, has really had a summer mostly of inactivity. You know, she has played, but she has not done, has not done well. She actually um, said she was dealing with mono from earlier this year, which, which certainly explains a bit of that. Um, but for Kvitova, you know, this is a player who... I certainly had very, you know, the highest expectations of coming into this season. Um, really, kind of thought that this was this was the year after getting that second Wimbledon title that she kind of makes it into an all-around, um, you know, an all-around showing, and that just hasn't happened. You know, she has one of the two wins against Serena, but, but I don't love her chances here by any means. Um, you know, someone that I'm looking forward to seeing in a way, especially after we saw her at Wimbledon this year, was was Garvin Muguruza, who, you know, runner up to Serena this year at Wimbledon. And we really haven't heard a whole lot from her since that final. Um, you know, what do you, what, she's still obviously quite a young player herself. I mean, what do you see for her? What have you seen in Muguruza this year and perhaps at this tournament that, you know, is either encouraging or perhaps is, you know, maybe push the brakes on a bit. I think she showed that she's got the maturity and the the confidence to make a deep run in a Grand Slam, but I think she surprised herself a little bit, which probably explains, you know, I don't see, I don't I don't think it's going to be very easy for her to back up that, that kind of impressive and stellar result she had at Wimbledon. Um, I think she belongs in the second week of Grand Slams, but maybe... You know, maybe not a final again or anything like that. I think she's going to have some time to kind of settle into her new role in the top ten. Right. What else about this this court of the draw um, that you see? There, you know, we have a few names of interest. I feel like, um, you know, a really strong match in the first round is Garcia and Petkovic. Um, you, you go down. We have a former Open champion in Stozer at the twenty-two seed. Um, the you know the highest ranked player number four is is Carolyn Wozniacki at um, you know at the the bottom of this quarter here. Um, going through this quarter, I mean, what uh, what strikes you? I mean, I think Wozniacki could could be a favorite in this quarter just because she made the finals last year. She's got a lot to defend. Um, Stoser is always a threat, but she's also not the player she once was. Um, although Wozniacki does open up against Jamie Loeb was a wild card entry so that'll be at least a fun match for Jamie but I, I think I think Wozniacki is is a favorite here just just consistency level and just comfort level and just the fact that she's you know she's been there before while Kvitova is, is a little bit down given her given her year yeah um you know we also see up in the uh up in that area there's a lot of names that I think we were introduced to the last year's U.S. So one of those was Alexandra Krunich there. She will, uh, you'll see her again, um, you know, in the first round main draw here as well. She went very far last year's, um, last year's open as well. Um, 
we have a, few, a smattering of Americans here, Christina McHale most notably. Um, as we as we kind of finish off the draw here, um, you're kind of drawn to to Halep right away, in my opinion, because of the previous two weeks. Um, she's really firmed herself up as I think a a strong number two seed, and I wouldn't have said that. You know, not even a few weeks ago, but I have to say I've been particularly impressed, despite with the caveat that Halp really has been unable to put any of this together in a really sustained slam run since last year at the French Open. Um, but what I but what I've seen from her overall in 2015, I I do give her more credit than criticism here and. I do, I, I do think it would be a fairly, fairly big surprise if if she didn't end up backing up those, you know, those performances, um, you know, with a strong run here at Flushing Meadows. Um, overall, I think I think Halep is still kind of a divisive player just because of how she plays. If it's strong enough to really compete. Uh, four slams. I mean, what is your what's your opinion of Halep um, overall? After really, we've seen her in the spotlight for about two solid years now. Yeah, I mean, she's someone that I pegged as a Grand Slam winner for for certain. Um, this year, she's bombed out pretty badly in the past two slams. So I think, or I'm hoping, she comes into this one a little bit more prepared, a little bit more, you know, ready to take this a bit farther. Um, Obviously, the Rogers Cup making the finals was great, and she won Indian Wells this year. So, like, she definitely has the ability to, to at least contend a semifinal or a final finish here. It's just a matter of of not faltering in that first early round again. Yeah, she gets Marina Arakovic to start, veteran uh, veteran player there. Um, as we look up in you know in her quarter, I think there's a lot of names that perhaps if you are not as sold about Halep as as I am. Um, you, know, you could, of course, go with as, as alternatives to really um, make a nice run in this half, the, in this half, in this quarter of the draw. You, you have um, Safarova the six at the top, twentieth um, seed Azarenka, two-time finalist here at the Open. Um, Anjali Kerber, number 11. Bachinski, who's had a very, you know, a very strong year from the beginning at 14. And then you go down the line, Lizicki, a former Wimbledon finalist at 24, and Cornet, who really tends to make a statement at the slam. And, and that will be a tough third rounder for help if they both advance this far. Um, you know, of, of those seeds, of the other players in this quarter, what... Um, who who sticks out to you? I mean, the ones you named off for sure. Basinski obviously has had an amazing year. She's seeded 14 here. I mean, she should at least get through a few rounds. Um, and then Azarenka, I mean, she's seeded 20, but but definitely could be seeded a lot higher. She's coming back from a rough, you know, rough injuries and a rough time. But I see her as a massive threat here. You know, two-time finalist is not a joke. Um, and I could see her taking out Halep. I could see her making it to the semifinals for sure. Um, other players in this section, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's anyone that really stands out. Kerber obviously won, you know, she's won a lot of titles. She's a steady player, but I, I still go with Azarenka. I think Azarenka is going to, going to make a bigger push here than she has all year. Yeah. Azar- you know, Azarenka, we actually have a uh, piece that we'll be putting up um, 
probably by the time this this is uh, that you're listening to this, it will be up. But it's you know it's really about where where we where our opinion is, of her is after what has seemed to be a waiting period for this whole year of you know is is the Vika that we knew of 2012 and 13 where she is former Grand Slam champion, former number one, and certainly a you know a a main presence at the Open. Are we going to see that player, um, in particular this week, but in general, where do, you know where does she, where does her career really go from here? And she is, you know, not you know, certainly not a, a a young player in tennis age by any means anymore, but certainly if she is back and healthy and you know in her, you know, really sort of set, it, it's hard to imagine that there is not more for her going on down the road. And I think. Her play at, at this particular tournament uh, is of particular interest to a lot of us. Um, any other any other names as we you know looking through that we may not have mentioned thus far that um, that come to mind you know in the tournament here. I'm just I'm kind of perusing back. Any any maybe younger names that because we have really talked about a lot of veterans overall and. You know, on the whole, I think the WTA of of late has has had more of an you know an influx of youth than on the ATP tour, and perhaps in a way is ripe for for someone to kind of make a stand um, doing well. And any any of the younger crop that really you know want to um, pay attention to? I don't think I don't think she's that much younger, but she's definitely um, a name that stands out for me right now is probably Heather Watson. She had a pretty solid year, and I think her draw gives her some room to to make at least a few a few good matches and maybe maybe get a little bit farther than she usually has. Um, and then even Allison Risk, who I mean, she's 25; she's not either young either. But I think that having a Bouchard as a first round is is going to give her some some shot at a deeper draw. Um, yeah, both those two in the second quarter, and Watson, if we remember at Wimbledon, um, you know, one of many players who you could say this about, but one of you know, had Serena on the ropes. Uh, certainly wasn't able to pull it off, but um, you know that was one of actually one of the, I think the more dramatic matches we've seen this year. The um, you know, and one other thing I wanted to uh, ask you as well is you know we had the picks up, of course, gone through the women's here. We all picked Serena on the women's side. I don't think that's a huge surprise. Myself, yourself, Steve, all go different routes in the men's side. Um, Steve goes Djokovic, I go Federer, and you go Andy Murray. Um, what what uh, what went into that pick? I, I I'm not discounting it by any means. I think <laughs> I think with his play in Canada, um, you know, I've always I've always thought in general Murray's Murray's been a little, you know, undersold in terms of his ability. He's had great opens in the past, but what made you um, pick him as your men's champ? Um, I think it was the Rogers Cup. I think I think him finally beating Novak was huge. I think that I under I thought I underestimated him as the season started, and I think that he's you know the run to the Australian Open finals was great, and I think that he's shown that he can actually you know contend for the Grand Slam titles and beat Novak on a big stage. Um, I just, I just think he's turned his year around, you know, from from last year in any way. This year has been a thousand times better than last year, and I think that, you know, if it all comes together, if, if the stars align properly for him, I think he's got a real shot. And I think, 
maybe getting married was the key. You know, these things, these little things, kind of all really matter when, it, when you come down the line. And um, we see. Less I don't know. I just, I just think see. Novak's been a bit shaky. I think, I think he's uh, maybe a little bit tired. I'm not sure, really. Yeah, I mean, it's and he he snaps an 0 for 8 streak, I believe, against Novak. I mean, that's yeah. interesting about Novak being shaky because I, I do wonder what people say. You know, Novak since the you know since Wimbledon gets the two finals, but takes the two losses to Murray and Federer. I mean, that is interesting about you know where we see Djokovic coming into into this tournament, but um, certainly you know the pressure remains on him. I wonder if the pressure is perhaps off a little bit on Murray. He's in, you know, he's in the Ravrinka. He's with Ravrinka in his quarter of the draw, but but. Um, I think it's. I think the the split of those selections. I think really accurately reflects where we are in the men's game. I think Djokovic is the clear favorite, but you do have to kind of, you know, express put a little caution based on what we've seen from Murray and Federer over these past couple of weeks. And um, and definitely, yeah. Um, we'll have a lot of reports actually coming from the Open from Nina. Uh, on the qualifying side, on a number of players we hope to highlight a little bit throughout the tournament. Um, pay attention to those on Tennis.com. As I said, the men, the men's preview podcast with myself and Albert Chen also available right now, um, iTunes and on the site. Please check it out in all of the U.S. Open preview coverage. Nina, thank you again as always. And everybody else, we'll talk next time on the Tennis.com podcast. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.